Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. California got back late last night. Totally messed up on time zones, but I thought I would do this as uh, we unpack and get ready. We will start our brand new interviews tomorrow, 8 a.m. with Anna Kelly, and we're going to talk to Dion and Matt uh, after that. So look forward to that. But here we go for the daily financial news. And first, we have to talk about the housing market. We've got a lot of housing data to look at. Some of it old, and some of it really, really old. And let's start with Case Shiller, which we talk about once a month. Unfortunately, it is three months old data. Yes, folks, it is March, almost March, and we are talking about December data. But it is relevant. It is real. It is important. And first and foremost, Case Shiller is for December. And this will go down as the 2022 statistic. If you've been watching my channel for any length of time, you know that I was quoting or forecasting or predicting or guessing that we would not have a negative year-on-year number for 2022. And yes, we got it today. Case Shiller came in 5.8% year-on-year for 2022, December 22. Uh, Housing, again, this data is old but relevant because it will show up on charts for years to come. Did you know? Did you know that 5.8% growth year-on-year for 2022 was actually the 15th best year for housing out of the last 35? I did not know that. Yes, the Case-Shiller Index has been around for 35 years, and 2022 will go down as the best, 15th best year. 2021 actually was the best year at over 18%. Uh, We are down, Case-Shiller is down 4.5%. 4% from the June peak, uh, with Miami, Tampa, and Atlanta being the best of the best. But again, folks, Case Shiller is really old data. It is frankly almost not relevant, except it will show up on charts for years to come. What we need to be talking about is pending home sales. Yesterday in the Daily Financial News, I guessed, prognosticated, predicted that the 1% expectation was grossly underestimated. I predicted it might be 3 or 4%. It actually blew my guess out of the water. Pending home sales for January was up 8.1%. Yes, folks, 8.1%. What, what did we learn or what did we get validated? Here's the deal. We now have evidence and proof that interest rates matter. Now, you and I know that. It's all about payment, but here's the deal. We now know the number. The number is 6%. 6% 30-year money changes the housing market. It just does. So 6% is the number. We need to watch that, right? Rates have obviously gone up. I haven't checked this morning. Let's call it 6.5. As we get closer to the terminal rate, which is two or three rate rises away, We will see banks collapse the margin. And as we get closer to 6%, we are going to see what happens. Because again, 
We now know without question that demand rises at 6%. In addition, we are now starting to see new home construction be stronger than existing home sales. Why is this? It's again, something you and I have been talking about for two or three weeks. Builders know how to sell homes. And again, we did some math, or I should say some of you did some math a couple of days ago and validated my wild ass guess. If you don't remember that discussion, I will give you the numbers here. New home seller uh, listing at 400 grand. They have a choice. They can lower the price, 20,000 bucks. Hey, Robert, thanks for the uh, super chat. It's nice to be home. I got to tell you, sleeping in your own bed is wonderful. Thank you for that. But back to the numbers, $400,000 new home. They could take a $20,000 haircut or they can use that $20,000 to buy your rate down from 7 to 4%. Please do the math. Please understand this. Everybody wants to make it about price. But if you are going to buy a new home and you're going to live in that new home for a decade, do the math. It's not about a price reduction. A $20,000 price reduction may make you feel good, but is almost nothing. You are almost writing the same deposit check. Your taxes are almost the same. But if you can get an interest rate that was at seven, at four, you are going to feel that meaningfully every month. And this is why I believe new home sales will surprise to the upside because Builders know how to play the game. So again, I expect new home sales to do quite well, especially if they start building smaller homes. So again, Case Shiller for last year says we're up 5.8%. Pending home sales took off in January because rates were down. Rates have obviously gone up. And new home sales have jumped 7%. Uh, Polte Group is the example I have. They are offering 4.25 rate buy-down for 30-year money, 30-year fix. This is not an arm instead of discounts. So again, the housing market, we know the number, 6%. I actually think 7% breaks the market even worse. At 7%, I think you and I have learned that supply breaks. Remember, supply and demand, economics. You may want to buy a home, but can you? But also there has to be supply. And I believe if rates went to seven or eight or eight and a half, supply would just evaporate. And oh, by the way, saying supply evaporates when we're sitting at 960,000 homes is crazy. We are almost 50% below 2019. So the housing market is broken, but at least we know the, the, you know, the, the barriers, right? At 6% demand spikes, at 7% supply. Uh, you know, reduces. So lots of good stuff going on. We got some earnings that we should talk about. Zoom beat top, beat bottom, gave decent guidance. Workday beat top, beat bottom, but actually gave light guidance. I expect, again, that's something I did for the last, I don't know, 15 years of my career was I sold SaaS and perpetual software. These next two years in that space is going to be tough. And then finally, Target. Target uh, beat top line, beat bottom line. Uh, but gave customer, uh, says customers are focused on necessities. Uh, and that is causing margins to be compressed. So again, remember folks, companies have top line, which is revenue. 
Then they have this thing called bottom line. In between that is margin and operational expenses. So again, Target is saying customers are switching, lower margins, essential items, things of that nature. Yes, folks, we are doing this live. It is always my preference to do the daily financial news live. However, I chose not to do it live because the internet was, uh, let's just say, slow on the boat. So we recorded and uploaded. So yes, we will get back to daily financial news live at 7.30, five days a week. I hope you enjoy that. So again, uh, Target beat top, beat bottom, but said the customer is um, down selecting and buying lower margin goods. Jim Cramer, the good old Jim Cramer says, the market is impossible to forecast, making the job for the Fed impossible. To which I say, no kidding. That is actually why you have seen me basically paint a picture that the Fed is only going to do 25 basis points going forward. I think we have at least two more locked in, which gets us to the 5%. And as of today, I think we get a third. I do not think the Fed will do 50. Now, should the Fed do 50? Yes. Will they do 50? I don't think so. I think they are going to Ben Bernanke us the rest of the way. Up a quarter, up a quarter, up a quarter, and be done. So that's what I think is going, because again, what the Fed is dealing with is hard. We, you know, we pumped all that money into the system. M2 money supply is reducing. We got consumer strong, weak, what's going on, job market, all of these things going on. So again, I expect 25 basis points. And then we get our next one, I think March 14th. National Association of Realtors has some predictions that we should talk about. They're talking about 30-year average at 6.1%. That is for the year. You know, I called um, two months ago. Sub six, uh, but 6.1 for the year would be good. It is interesting to see NAR, again, National Association of Realtors, actually predict next year, 2024, to be even lower. NAR is thinking we will be at 5.4% 30-year money, uh, which I think will be interesting. National Association of Realtors have updated their forecast uh, for transactions. Remember last year we did just over 5 million. They now think we will do 4.47 million this year and actually 5.26 next year. I personally believe 4.4 million, roughly 4.5 is wishful thinking. I think it is far more likely that we're between four and 4.2 million for the year. 2024, not sure, right? If we do truly get 5.4% interest rates, uh, 5 million units makes total sense to me. Are we headed to a recession? To which I say, of course we are. The question is, when? First and foremost, if you don't know, recessions are healthy. They are natural. They are part of the business cycle, no matter what the Fed wants you to believe. The question is, will we have one in 2023? If you would have asked me last year, I would have told you, probably. And let's be clear, I would have been pretty confident. Yeah, like, yeah, Q2, Q3, Q3, Q4. At this point, with where we are in the cycle, I am really starting to believe that we may push a recession till Q1 or Q2 of 2024. 
2024 is obviously an interesting year because it is a presidential election year, which who knows what kind of nonsense will be done. But yes, I feel confident in saying we will have a recession in 23, 24, or 2025. Now, why is that important? Because again, folks, remember, recessions are when we make big moves. I'm a little fearful that there's a lot of people waiting on the sidelines doing nothing and just waiting for somebody to ring a bell. You always need to do the work. Even when I was gone for a month enjoying a first-class vacation, I made sure to look at my buy box every day because not only did I owe myself that, but I felt like I owed all of you that. We wrote offers when we were in Malaysia and Indonesia. They didn't go through, but we wrote them. We had discussions. You need to look, you never know when you are going to find your great deal. So please keep doing the work. Tight buy box, only great deals, cash flow day one, 30 year fixed rate debt. Please, please, please keep doing the work. Uh, consumer spending, again, I read some more articles about that because I was amazed at the numbers. Looks like in January, consumer spending was up 1.8% in nominal terms. Remember, we've been talking nominal and real, real being inflation adjusted. So even inflation adjusted, consumers are up 1.1% in January. It is hard for me to believe we could have a recession when the consumer is that strong because, again, we're about 68% consumer-driven. We are starting to see the pain in the commercial market. You heard me talk about commercial pain probably a year ago, saying it's coming while well, it's starting to hit the shores. PIMCO and Brookfield, both monster organizations, have defaulted on commercial loans and walked away from properties. Folks, the commercial market, short-term debt, horrible assumptions, cap rates changing, it is going to be a bloodbath. There's $48 billion in, in loans that are already uh, highlighted as at risk, and it will get worse. Uh, I expect this to be very interesting. Credit card debt outpaces savings for nearly one-third of the country. I hope everybody watching this channel, that is not true. Think about that. You have $20,000 on credit cards and you have $13,000 in the bank. That's what I think that metric means. That is frightening. That is frightening. Um, thank you for buying the course R6. Um, I would call you out, but I'm not sure what R6 is. Again, buy the course today. It's 319. Tomorrow it'll be 399. Uh, I am now back in the country and I can give the same level of service that I expect of myself. So the course will go up tomorrow, I guess, March 1st. So congratulations for getting a $80 discount. But yeah, credit card debt. If you have more credit card debt than savings, fix that. That's, that's not good. Fix that. Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon. I actually think David Solomon's in trouble. Uh, he made a big bet going consumer banking, which turned into a disaster. David Solomon now says uh, that, I want to make sure I get this right, uh, growth at Goldman Sachs will be in asset management and wealth management, to which I would say, 
No kidding. If you don't know what Goldman Sachs is good at, that would be it. Uh, Goldman Sachs also says the Fed's job is very hard given the tight labor market, which means cooling inflation hard, to which I say, no kidding. And then finally, I don't know if you saw this, uh, but Ken McElroy put out a video, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, saying, don't lose your money to syndicators. Now, I have not watched it, but given the title, I would suspect it is very much like you and I have talked about. Lots of brand new syndicators with uh, rosy eyeglasses, short-term bridge debt, interest only. It is going to be a bloodbath. And again, remember, Pimpco and Brookfield walked away. Syndicators, no money in the game, only LP's money. You are going to see some syndicators walk away and give back the asset. So folks, again, so happy to be here. Uh, we will start our interviews with our amazing millionaires starting tomorrow. I'm going to decompress today, probably record one more video kind of summarizing my trip because I did have some aha moments. I will probably record that right here, right now, and post that later. We will do be doing the Daily Financial News live at 7.30, at least most days. Take care. Have fun. I'm glad to be back live with all of you. Have an amazing day. Like, subscribe, comment. Come be a part of One Rental at a Time. And never forget, do the work. Bye.